0: all right looks like this week's episode is also continued to be sponsored by the coronavirus i am beat up people if there's any doubt in your mind about whether this virus is for real i can say firsthand that i have been struggling and this has been one of the scariest illnesses i've ever had i still have a long way to go And I'm just thrilled that I can actually be sitting here to make this recording to wish people a happy birthday. Uh, And um, it is uh, really, really scary. So please, 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 if you're out there and you need to be out, um, you need to be careful out there. And uh, I cannot stress enough how serious this virus has been. I've had to make two trips to the To urgent care to get some relief and uh, I've been pretty close to going to the hospital several times. So I feel like I am on my way to recovery at this point but I probably still have another week. I have had a temperature of at least 100.5 for the last nine days as well as temperatures as high as 103. And again, I'm just happy that I can even be making this recording right now and have the energy to do this, but this is pretty much going to deplete any kind of energy that I have for the rest of the day. So again, this is no joke, people. Please be careful out there. Please wear your mask. Please, please, please take care of yourselves. Okay, I'm thrilled. As you know, birthdays, here we go. I'm going to go a little slower today. It's week, uh, last week of February, or first week of February. Here we go. Uh, February 6th. Paul Eaton, Patrick Farrington, Josh Shapiro, Lynn Barsigin, Amanda Gregg, Jules Gray, Andy Fu, Robbie Early, Christy Barreja, Nicole Kaufman, Emily Parker, Diana Shin, Scott Andrew, Francisco Morel, Lena Casillas, Tom Needham, Annie Vioxx. Noringa Plank, Norielli Nore, Beatty, John Finley, Siobhan Edmonds, Robert Soja, Mike Connell, Frank Lavelle, Alex Tan, uh, Ru, uh, <coughs> Danielle Shea O'Brien, Bob Lopez, Gabby Sinacopi, Rhonda Taylor, Monique Kate, Shea Winget, Sasha Ranking, Gary Honey, Barry Brian Towson, A- Abigail Harenberg, Pablo Roebuck, Susan Emma, Jay Carl, Colin Carson, Lisa Dormal, Tammy Payne, Samantha Cooper-Carbonero, Beth Oslander, Seeler Mao, Stephanie Wood, Magdalena Iskra, Heather Waraxa, Catherine Gowden, Jason Henriks, Michelle Cherikov, Robert Bray, Laura, Laurie Bracewell, Tim Chin, Alicia White, happy birthday. It's Sarah's Kladim, Christina Rehal-Rice, Melissa Tolson-Kitson, happy birthday. Aiden Tao uh, and Dewey Ho. Happy birthday, you guys. As as I've said, I love birthdays and I'm just thrilled that I I don't have to skip a week to wish you guys a happy birthday. But please, please be careful out there. Do not get this virus. Let's move on to the show. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com.
1: Welcome to this week's Something New Every Week. This week I have Michael Mowbray. I did say your name right. You did. Excellent. Uh, Michael Mowbray, uh, and we're going to get into everything that's new about lighting with Michael. And um, again, with uh, Something New Every Week, I like to get right into it, right into the heart, right into the meat of what we do um and instead of pontificating about michael's career which we will do and nobody wants to know <laughs> everybody does want to know oh, okay um but we're going to get right to uh the learning part first so uh i'm a new photographer I'm you are only I, I i am a new photographer all over again okay that's true <laughs> you've been reborn right i'm a reborn photographer um and I've only worked with natural light but need to up my games. I need to dip my toes in and I've decided it's it's time for me to use, start using some other kind of lighting. Uh, what's the first thing that I'm going to invest in?
2: Ah, great question. And I always answer that with a question. I always ask everybody, what do you photograph? And what time of day do you photograph? Because that's going to affect what I try to pair you up with. If you're always photographing towards the end of the day, always photographing in shade, um, never in direct sun, I would say maybe
1: you want a Godox 8200. Okay. And uh, I don't know what a Godox 8200 is, so okay, start I, me off. I'll explain it. Okay. Uh, it is
2: likely, and I don't have any stats on this, but it's likely the best-selling flash in the world right now. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, it's basically the size of a speedlight, light, um, but not a speed light. It's not a speed light that you would put on camera. So it's about the same size, but it delivers three times the power of a speed light. So we're talking about a lot of portable power. Okay. And it's got interchangeable heads. It was very revolutionary when it came out. I think it's been about three years ago now. You can have a Fresnel head like you have on the front of the speed light. Okay. Or you can put a bare bulb head on it. That okay. opens up a lot of possibilities because then you can pair it with soft boxes and beauty dishes. And you can take advantage of the how a bare bulb works in different modifiers. So now you've got something is very small form factor that has quite a bit of power and has a bunch of other features too where you can remotely control the power using a transmitter. It's got TTL and manual and multi multi-stroscopic. I can't even say <laughs> it <laughs> cuz I never use it. And high speed sync too. So it's got like the the holy trinity of everything that you want in a flash and it's Two hundred ninety-nine dollars for the regular AD200. and there's a pro version that's got better color consistency. That's only three forty-nine. For those of us who've been around for a while, you bought your Canon lights, you bought your Nikon lights, and you paid five to six hundred dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Now you got something that's half the price, almost,
1: and more features, more power. It's great. Okay, so that's that. So it's super portable, super flexible. Uh, it's the first light that I buy. I can put lots of modifiers on it. This is my dip my toe, uh, in, in the gra- in the flash world. Um, where am I going? Where am I going from here? Well, the next thing would be, um, and maybe
2: even backtracking because that was the answer to the question of, you know, I'm never shooting out in really, really strong ambient light. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you do a lot of that. Maybe you're a wedding photographer or a senior photographer who only photographs, you know, between... 11 and 5 p.m. where you're dealing with strong ambient light or mm-hmm. even you're a sports photographer or photographing sports teams Then I would pair you up with something that's more powerful um, Like a Godox 8600 uh, There's three different versions of this. So I don't know if you want to get into all the minutia of that today, but that's up to you um, <laughs> But 600 watt seconds and just to make a comparison That's the power of nine speed lights. Wow. Okay. And this is a battery powered strobe. So it looks like a studio strobe. It acts like a studio strobe. It does everything a studio strobe would do and more built-in radio again. Everything in the Godox line, one of the reasons why it got so popular is that everything in the line works together. So right. you can have one transmitter and it will trigger and control oh, your the smallest light. speed light all the way up to a 1200 watt second studio strobe. Uh, right. So they all work together. So it's, it's a nice uh, system that you can
1: grow with. Well, and I think it's in, it's important to note that no matter what system you go with, um, it's important to think about, you know, uh, right now, the future, and, you know, where you want to go with it. And um, because chances are you're going to kind of need to, you know, those lights are going to talk to each other. So when you're exactly. investing in, in these kind of lights, you want to think about um, not only that. And I think that's one of the nice things about the Godox system is that you know, you have lots of lots of um, options with it, and lots of little things, and it'll grow with you. It'll grow with you. Well, I like to think of it like it's a little like crack. You got you get a little <laughs> bit of this, and then you want a little bit more of that in a good way. Right, right. It's like it's like good crack. <laughs> good, like good, like the good crack. Um, okay, so I am uh, I, I'm I have the smaller flash, and then I'm going to go to the would you say 8600, which is uh, Usually much more the next, powerful Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and that is, that is, um, that is what I'm going to do when I need a lot of light. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously once you have the different lights, you can combine them and use them for different lighting techniques and and whatnot. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm now, um, uh, a super, super duper pro. What, what's the next fun things that I'm going to get? Oh gosh, there's, there's so much in the lineup. There's, um
2: mostly we end up talking about all the battery-powered flashes. So Mm -hmm. that's what we were just talking about, the 200 and the 600. Um, Godox has a line of studio strobes that I think compete with anything that's in the world out there um, called the QT series. And they come 600-watt-second and 1,200-watt-second sizes. And what's unique about these, well, a couple things. One is... um, they have very tight color consistency. So, for people who are shooting commercial or shooting products and require um, super tight color consistency ac- across the entire power range, you know, the QT will do that. Um, the other thing that's really interesting and what probably sells this strobe more than anything else is the fact that it's got a speed mode. And the speed mode freezes motion, it's got a very short T.1 time. And for people who don't know what a T.1 type, because we're doing education here, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know what a T.1 type is. I'll explain it. All right, tell me. Um, it's the duration of your flash. Okay. I mean, and it gets deeper than that. It's like it measures it from the peak to the about halfway down the peak and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but it's how quick does that flash fire and dissipate? Mm-hmm. And the quicker that happens, the more you're able to freeze motion. Mm-hmm. So where this has become very popular is photographing, again, a lot of times it's seniors. Um who are in sports mm-hmm. so or in dance, and if you've ever tried to photograph a dancer, especially in the studio, mm-hmm. and you have to make them do an arabesque 17 times to get just the right frame, mm. well, now I can shoot 10 frames a second wow. with this, and I, it'll keep up with it, and every single frame will be properly illuminated, and the color will be dead on.
1: And this is a larger flash, this is a larger, this is a studio type right. strobe. So this is one you would right. plug in. So typically in, in years past when I was shooting something like that, uh, the general rule of thumb was the smaller flashes, the speed lights were very f- short, short flash duration. Yes. And the larger lights, just because they were more power, took, took a longer um, duration. And, and it's, worth, it's worth mentioning that it's not something you really think about until you're shooting motion, right? Exactly. So I remember I used to get into this when we were doing like pours or splashes in the studio where we wanted to freeze the water splashing, mm-hmm. like an ice cube fl- uh, splashing. And instead of using studio strobes, we used to use like hundreds of speed lights. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Um, and, and just getting them to fire properly. So what you're saying now is this is a studio light that that, um, that um, can yeah, uh, have this uh, much faster flash duration uh, with more power. Exactly. And I don't want to get
2: deep into the technology. on Yeah, but that's neat, though. But it's an IGBT uh, gateway, so it's it's how that particular technology allows you to control um, control the duration of the flash. Before it used to be, uh, you'd have to end up cutting off the flash, uh, so it fire and then there's something in there to cut it off. Well, this is this is a little different technology. So the you're you can actually control the
1: flash duration. Yeah. Oh wow. That's yeah. Neat.
2: Well, and, and two, and I should maybe clarify that too. It's still the duration is based on power. Okay. So um, with, with this kind of strobe, yeah, you at know, full power. Mm-hmm. Actually the duration's fairly long, but you you dip down to quarter power, mm-hmm. eighth power. Uh, I shoot this at sixteenth power a mm-hmm. because it's a powerful stroke. Then right. then I'm looking at uh, flash duration of like sixty five hundredth of a second. Wow. And to me the golden uh, the, the golden area okay. you want to be in is about three thousandth of a second.
1: Okay. Well so that I problem. mean that's that's good to know when you're shooting like this, a three thousand. With your shutter, you mean your shutter speed?
2: No, no, no. Actually, the flash duration um, is how quick the uh, how quick that flash fires and dissipates. Uh, so I look for a three thousand because I'll shoot this at hundred sixtieth of a second because I'm shooting in the studio. Gotcha. So, so then... that'll freeze this. That'll freeze motion. Got yeah, it. Exactly. Okay. So It's the flash doing the work instead of the shutter doing the work. Um, and that and that's man, it's it's awesome because you you can. You can I've got a friend, Richard Sturdivant, that shoots these um, at fourteen or fifteen frames a second with his Nikon, and he'll send me like little GIF videos of, of uh, some uh, some uh, athlete leaping or or swinging the bat and It's just like it looked like those old Zotro movies, you know? Oh, yeah, you know? Yeah, I was yeah, like, and it's awesome,
1: and it's all shot with a camera. With his flash. So I'm making a note right now that De- Richard is definitely going to be one of the people that yes. we'll have on this podcast, <laughs> Richard um, um And I'll, I'll, I'll make a note to, to talk to him about that and, and talk about this a little bit further. So um, great. So obviously full line of, of flashes and, and, and this is what you do. And now... For me, um, let's talk about some modifiers. Um, sure. For me, this is a never-ending search for the perfect modifier. It's like the Goldilocks. There is no perfect modifier. That's there the has illusion. to be. <laughs> there has to be. This one's too big. This one's too small. Mm-hmm. This one's too difficult to set up. Um, what's the most exciting modifier and why that you found this year? Oh yeah, that would—that's um, an easy answer for me. Um, well, actually, maybe
2: not. <laughs> so I'm 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 in love with. Okay, I, I like new gear. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that you know, being being a photographer, um, and then also selling uh, lighting equipment. Um, yeah, I get to play with the new gear all the time. It's like, oh, I'm really excited about this. You know, and I'll use this now. But the one that is my favorite this year, introduced this year, is called the Deep Mo seventy. Yeah, I put my name in a lot of my products, but it's DeepMo 70. It's a 26 inch 70 centimeter. That's why the, where the, seven, the 70 comes from. Uh, deep parabolic. So it's a small deep parabolic. And what a deep parabolic does is it really focuses the light. But you throw double diffusion on that, you've got diffuse focused light, which is Let's weird. Let's say that
1: again diffused focused, focused light. light. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, which is maybe going to be my next book title. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's going to be poetry. (laughs) It's going to be beat poetry written during
1: photo shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're new to lighting, you are thinking these guys are complete darks right now. And I can tell you that, uh, I can, I, all I have to do is be around this stuff now and I totally geek out. And, uh, I, um, in, in my days, uh, of shooting, um, I loved, you know, whatever it was, the, the next thing. So when you say like deep, deep parabolic lighting, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think like, I'm like,
0: I'm like, I'm
1: like thinking about that. I'm like, that sounds like something that's not possible. Mm. So anyway, um, but uh, you know, as, as you become a, a lighting person, uh, you'll, you'll understand there's, there's. Tools, just like anything else, like a better hammer or a better screwdriver, um, the same thing happens with with photography and, and lighting, especially, where you can just do something a little bit better than you were doing before. So what would you use as deep parabolic?
2: For? Um,
1: great for headshots. Okay.
2: Um, It was the main modifier I used all summer for seniors when we went outside. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> it, what it does, let me explain a little bit more about what it does and why I like it is softboxes, a standard softbox, is designed to make the the light look really diffuse. Right. And to make it look soft, the larger the softbox or the larger the light source, the softer the light in relationship to the subject. So if I've got a great big softbox and it's right next to the subject, it's going to be pretty soft. I take that same softbox back 20 feet, it's not so soft anymore.
1: Um and the next level is the level of speculation and diffusion. I need, I need to stop you there. So there's way too many times, and I think this is an important part of lighting. Mm-hmm. There are way too many times when I see a person or see a photographer out there shooting with a giant softbox and the softbox is forty feet away. Yeah, exactly. So you might as well just use a bare flash. <laughs> right. At that so point. it's a it's it's a good point for those of you who are learning lighting that um Getting that, getting getting intimate with that softbox and bringing it a little bit closer, um, is the only way to really properly use that tool, um, and it's really, really an important note because I, I think people get scared with it and think that you know it, it's going to do its job. But again, forty feet away or even twenty feet away, can, mm-hmm. you might as well just use a bare bulb because at that point, exactly, it's going to do exactly the same thing. It's All you're do. doing is diffusing the light and having to use more power. Exactly. Right. The only thing you have to do is, is use more power. So uh, along those lines too, um, you know, um, using the bare bulb has its advantages too if you really want to run and gun, but I'm sorry. I don't, no, that's, no, no, that's yeah, fine. Yeah.
2: That's fine. And, and that actually ties into um, one of the main tenets I, when I teach is always place your light with purpose. And what I see a lot of newer people do, especially nice when dress. they're getting used to flash, is they always put it, they just place it. Right, But they don't place it with purpose because they're not sure what they want and what they want to do. And that's one of the things I try to teach is learn how different angles will shape the light and how it's going to shape light on the face. And another part of it is close. Think Think of it this way. This is the analogy I use all the time. What's the largest light source in our solar system? There's your hint right there. But what's the largest light source in our solar system? It's the sun. It's huge. Huge, huge, huge. Many times bigger than Earth but it's considered a hard hard light source. Why? It's 93 million miles away. Right. You know, you can hold your thumb up and you can cover the sun. So despite the fact that it's huge, it's still a small pinpoint light source when we use it for photography. Same thing happens when you use a big softbox, as we mentioned, and move it way back. It becomes like the sun. It becomes a small pinpoint hard light source. So, uh, but flipping back to this Deepmo, uh, it's got two levels of diffusion in it but because it's focused light in the, and we're trying to get the light rays to move in parallel lines when you hear parabolic that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get the light rays to move in parallel lines What that tends to do is it tends to punch your highlights up more so if we're trying to put highlights on the planes of the face the forehead bridge of the nose uh, the cheekbones the chin maybe the little angels kiss underneath the nose um, yeah, you know, it it does that job a little bit better than a really random super soft softbox because I like that look and it saves me some time
1: in retouching and just a, looks a little looks a little punchier. Right, right, right. Okay, so along those lines, this is a little bit more of a let's do this more like a lightning round. Um, okay, quick answer. So I'm packing up my gear. I'm going out to shoot headshots on location. What does my gear look like? Um,
2: I am taking an AD400 Pro. AD400 Pro. And I'm taking, well, if it's me, I'm
1: taking four AD 200s, and I'm taking a five-light setup. You're doing a five-light setup. Okay, so five-light setup, and uh, what, what are the modifiers I'm using? Depends on my mood, but <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Um, I would
2: probably take, um, I would take a 42-inch snap, I would take a 32-inch snap, and I would take a one by 5 foot GOMO strip box.
1: Okay. And, uh, uh, for those of you listening, we're, we'll put links to all, all this different type of gear. I'll make sure to make a note of what a headshot, um, kit looks like uh, as he described. And then, so my second question was be, I'm going to shoot a senior fan, actually I want to break that into two questions as I'm reading my questions to you. you go. I'm going to shoot, I'm going to do a senior shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is my, what, what do I look like? I'm probably going to grab the 8400 Pro again. It's it's kind of my go-to
2: strobe. Okay. Um, and the reason why it's it's got almost as much power as a 600, but it's much smaller. It's twice the power of a 200. Hence, you know, the 200, 400, 600. They right, actually right. make sense, um, as opposed to some other strobes out there that put random numbers on them that make no sense whatsoever. But we aren't going to go there today. We're digressing. <laughs> <here>. We're digressing. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to grab the 400 because it's enough power to do pretty much anything I needed to do. Um, and I usually use a single light when I'm photographing a senior because I'll
1: use the ambient as my kicker. Sure, but is there one particular modifier you might use? Are we just developing yeah. it? Or? Um, I might
2: take that Deepmo 70, or I might take a 32-inch snap, okay. the, just kind of a good all round softbox. Okay,
1: great. Uh, and I'm assuming that for family pictures you're looking at similar? I
2: uh, could take that. If I'm photographing a family, I'm going to take as much power as I can because I'm not running from place to place to place with the family, at least not in my style. I'm usually picking... We're picking one spot, doing a few shots there, and we're done. Right. So, I would take a 600. It's a bigger strobe. Okay. But um, then I know I can get the depth of field I need. I have enough gotcha. power to get the depth of field I need for a family.
1: Okay. Uh, so, um, your setups for, you know, you do... I, I, do you do a lot of composite type stuff? Oh, I do I, a ton of it, Okay. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Um, your composite type stuff, that lighting is usually slightly different. Talk to me about that. Right, right. And, um,
2: and why? Um, there's two levels of composites I do. One, I do athlete composites, mm-hmm. well, athletes and dancers. And then I'm using the QTs. I'm using the QT600, QT1200. I'm doing three-point lighting. Okay. I'm usually double edge lighting. And then I'm placing a single key. And uh, depends on mood and what I'm trying to say and how dramatic I want to make it. Um, Whether I'm using a big softbox or a smaller softbox as the key light, but I'm using strip boxes as my edge lights. If I'm photographing a composite for, I don't know, maybe print competition or something creative where I'm trying to put somebody in a particular space, then... I'm using whatever tools I have, and I've got them all, so it makes it easier, (laughs) that make the lighting look like the space I'm trying to put the person into. Does that make sense? And that's the first thing if you're doing a composite. Pick the background that you're going to be putting the person or people into. Take a look at the light direction, and then make your studio light mimic that light direction, because then it's easier to marry that cutout or a composite person into the scene and have it make sense because I see it too often because I'm a print judge too and I'll see a composite and you can tell it was a composite easily because the lighting doesn't match it doesn't make any sense right
1: uh so I mean real quick on that in judging uh what 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 is the most common lighting as well We probably just answered my question right is there is there any other uh tidbits that you can give to people for uh, when they enter competitions yeah lighting wise uh, i i think another top one i see a
2: lot is um blown out highlights okay so whether it's on the face or on the hair or someplace else in the scene it just shows Um, And what we're looking for in print competition, we're looking for control of all the lighting and all the elements in the particular image we're looking at. Because all we're looking at is a flat image. We don't know how they lit it necessarily or what was involved with it. But we do know that, oh, well, that highlight's blown out. Well, they should have been able to control that. Um, Or lighting direction doesn't make sense or it's not appealing to the face. It's not shaping the face properly for the type of face that's in the portrait. So those things are things we're looking at with the lighting.
1: Okay. Um, so now we've learned all about Molite and a, l- a little bit about lighting, but we actually don't know anything about it. Yet. So <laughs> we're going to go back around on that. And the reason sure. that, again, the reason that I want to do that is this, this podcast is called Something New Every Week. So I really want people to come in and get some information right, right from the jump. And then, you know, obviously, want to turn more of more of a conversation. So, just to kind of recap on on Michael's stuff, and and again, we'll put lots of links to, to um, uh, these these Molite products. Uh, And and it is worth noting, and not really a plug for him, but um, everyone that I plug it, plug it, (laughs) it. (laughs) everyone uh, that I uh, know that has had worked with Michael in one way shape or form um really enjoys working with him and buying from him and uh the customer service that that he delivers is 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 bar none and um is really there to help you which you don't get anywhere so before i let him get into <laughs> who michael is i just want to mention that um he's, building, he's, he's Doing something that is not done as much as I would like to see in our industry and community anymore, which is really, really focus on in person and and uh, helping a customer in any way that they can via phone calls or. And he's, as far as I know, he's only one guy. And <laughs> last um, I checked, <laughs> right? But he's the he's the guy that's going to pick up the phone. He's the one that's going to help you. He's also out there teaching all the time. So anyway, I'll let him get to a little bit more. So. You, let's start with, first of all, you are a photographer. Yes. You have a, you have a, you also run um, a full-time studio. So let's talk about Michael as a photographer. Okay. Um,
2: I've been a full-time photographer since 2001. And the story I always tell, it's not a, not necessarily a happy story, but I signed the LLC papers in my attorney's office on September 11th, 2001. No shit. I was in my attorney's office when everything happened. And uh, the guy that had the office across the hall, I think they made wisdom teeth or something with some sort of dental lab, uh, came over and knocked on doors like, you guys got to see this. And so we saw the second plane hit live on TV. Uh, so, you know, you being a New Yorker really experienced that. You know, us in the Midwest, it was like, yeah. it was just crazy. Um,
1: but uh, that's, that's when I launched my business full time. Wow, that I can think of no other least least day that I would want to um, mm-hmm. launch a new business now. Because exactly. um, you know so, what happened to the economy after that. Story. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I do know what happened to the economy. I was also running my own business, and it was not fun, <laughs> especially in New York City. Um, it was a, it was an awful time, and no, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. So um, you uh, so it's been almost. 20 years yeah as a photographer about, yeah um, talk to me about pre pre-photography oh well okay I'm on depends on how you count I'm on like
2: my fourth or fifth career right now so um yeah I, me too I, yeah, it, it's fun <laughs>
1: yay yeah when are we gonna turn 50 and start all over again exactly. Yes, Whee. i'm getting bored this is something else.
2: Uh, no i went to uh i, I got my degree and I, you're not going to be able to believe this my degree is in radio and television broadcast oh no, yeah.
1: yes
2: <laughs> thanks everybody <Yeah. laughs> and i did that I went to U- University of Wisconsin, Platteville, um, <laughs> I don't know if you caught the Platteville part, <laughs> yeah, but, but, well. uh, but it was University of Wisconsin System, Okay. and uh, graduated there and spent about two years in radio, and uh, realized, and maybe it was just a small little subsection that I worked with, but I worked, worked at about four different radio stations, and then two-year time, right? So, moving from radio station to radio station because it sucked <laughs> <laughs> and the owners were evil. Um, so, I came to a crossroads in, um, like when I was 24 years old uh-huh. and it's was like, I got to do something else. So, um, I jumped into the ad agency business. Okay. Went to work for an ad agency. I worked there seven weeks and they lost their two biggest accounts and suddenly I was unemployed. Ah. Oh, yay. yay. So, okay. Um, took a step back and tried to decide, you know, I had job offers right away in radio to get back into that. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to do that. I've already moved on. Right. So, uh, searched and searched and searched. And about two months later, uh, joined one of the oldest and most respected ad agencies in Madison, Wisconsin and spent 11 years there. Okay. And when I left, uh, I was board of directors, executive vice president. Um, they actually wanted me to buy it. Okay. And I said, oh, Oh, hell no. no. (laughs) Um, So then it became another crossroads. What do I do? Do I stay doing this or do I'm 35 at that time? Okay. And I, or do I do something else? And did a lot of soul searching and the heavens opened up and the lights shone down and said, you must be a photographer. (laughs) And I'm sure that happens to many of your
0: listeners.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, it was almost like that. No, I discovered, yeah, I don't know. My light bulb moment of photography was that they allowed me to smoke cigarettes in the dark room in high school, and I decided <laughs> this is what I wanted to make a career out of.
0: And here I am today,
1: here he goes, smoking cigarettes no, was in, my my light, bulb in moment. the dark room, not lighting myself on fire.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, with all the chemicals, that's crazy, right? Right, um, so yeah, I, that's I, I decided that that's what I'm gonna do, but I did hedge my bet at the time, I did start. Um, a small ad, ad agency graphic design firm simultaneously okay. called the Sprocket Group because uh, it's marketing that's geared to fit.
1: Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, and I had oh, this, oh, these little
2: animated gears yikes. for the O's. And the, well, I'm sure oh, you yeah, did. It was awesome. Um, I think the website's still out there. I haven't touched it in 20 years. But anyway, that... We'll put a link to that in the show notes <laughs> as well. Need to, mental note, <laughs> take down the website. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so I did that, and that actually helped me through that whole uh, economic mess in two thousand one. Is that I had some ad agency clients and allowed me to grow the photography business. I didn't have to have that be my sole income. Okay. And the long term goal was to eventually phase down the graphic design and the ad agency business and grow the photography, and that's what ended up happening. Okay. So that's, and then uh, what was it? Five years ago, I decided. Somebody needs to meet a need. Uh-huh. And you, you touched on it. Uh, I was an early adopter of Godox products and I was teaching and people were wondering, um, where do you get this stuff? And I kept sending them to like eBay and Amazon and such. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to provide a, a need here. I'm going to be the guy who imports this stuff, but then also can teach people how to use it, can answer all the questions because nobody was doing that.
1: So, just to kind of back up on that a little bit, um, you know, there has been this influx of, of new strobe light type stuff. Over the last five to eight years, um, um, it was stuff, you're right, you can buy it on eBay, mm-hmm. and it was... Uh, Great, because the price was right. But if anything broke on it, you were pretty much it was yeah. garbage. Yeah, yeah, right? throw it out pretty much. And so, it was still exciting to have something that wasn't you know a 700 eight hundred dollar speed light. But at the same time, it was like you were basically buying disposable batteries, and you know that very, very expensive ones at that. So, in the last few years, there's been some some new some new options out there, which I think is really wonderful for our, our community. Um, and so basically you found a product that you really loved, but found that there wasn't any real great customer service behind it. And you basically have built a business around that and serving that, that community. Yeah. And people listening can't hear me nodding
2: my head, but I'm nodding. right. You're <laughs> nodding your head.
1: And I think it's, I think it's really, uh, inter- and you've built some, uh, some products that go with it, right? That's where a lot of the molite and right. Diffusers and exactly and stuff come along with that, and I think that's that. You know, it's worth noting that the quality of those things are also really amazing. And um, you know, in in a world where we're surrounded by these huge companies that are making these products, you're just a little guy. Yeah. Um, to to kind of you're not really looking to take on. You're just trying to to help out your little corner of the world, right? Exactly, and you just tied into one of the tenets
2: of of uh, my Molite business is really anything you see in the store is stuff that meets my criteria as a professional, working pro for 20 years. So if it, I get everything in and I test it myself and I use it myself, and if it's the quality's not there or it doesn't deliver on what it's supposed to deliver, um, I don't carry it. Um, and then the other part, the other tenant I always, I always go with is I don't want to carry um, commodity stuff. Right. So you don't see me carrying like just plain umbrellas or just, you know, I actually started to carry some light stands, but they've got some unique features. Um, but, you know, the, the more commodity stuff. But what I look for is stuff that's unique that you can't really easily get other places. Right. Like I've got this big studio fan that's um, like a Bowen's Jetstream, but a lot less expensive that you see in commercial and fashion studios. So now I've got something that's accessible for the typical portrait studio from a price standpoint, and you can do some really cool stuff with a fan. Mm. Um, I have stuff. I can see it sometimes. It's cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on. Uh, so, you know, talk to me about, um, you know, uh, what, what, what was your biggest struggle with getting uh, Mo Lights off the ground? Um, Oh,
2: same thing with just about any business. Um, I started off undercapitalized. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, how, welcome to the world. How I yes. bought my first batch of inventory, quite literally, is I took my commission check from a book I wrote called The Speedlight Studio for, from, uh, for Amherst Media mm-hmm. and sold really well. Okay. Uh, it was like one of the top selling books in the photography category after it launched. So, you know, thank goodness, because I took the, the royalty check from that. And I bought my first batch of inventory. Wow. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. And the royalty check wasn't all that big because (laughs) if you think people who are writing photography books, unless you're Joe McNally, uh, people who write photography books don't make a lot of money on them. So it's more a labor of love. But there was enough money to buy at least a batch of inventory. And then I've used, you know, as as I've grown,
1: I keep self-fueling, you know, the growth um, from the sales. So... Are there, uh, what's on, what's on the future from Olight and what's, uh, what's the roadmap?
2: Uh, a little bit more expansion into products. One thing, um, we did this last summer is, and it stemmed from a trip to NAB last spring. uh, I wanted to go out there and, um, look at LEDs Mm -hmm. because to me, I felt like the LED products are starting to mature a little bit and become more viable for photographers. And the problem I always had with LEDs before that was that uh, color was usually bad. Right. Or there wasn't enough power or both, <laughs> unfortunately, right. in a lot of things. Um, and uh, I found a company called Golden Eagle that's uh, it been around since 1988 in China. Um, all the stuff is made in Shenzhen, by the way. Yeah, actually, these guys are in Ningbo, but I digress. <laughs> I couldn't they're... point
0: at
1: either one on a map.
0: I don't know right. where Shenzhen actually, is. I couldn't find Ningbo. I can find
1: I can find China on the map, and maybe Beijing and Hong Kong. There we right. go. There, yeah.
2: Well, Shenzhen's just northwest of Hong Kong. So, okay. um,
1: there you go, folks.
2: But I I looked at these and I finally found an LED that was super super color accurate. Hmm. So I got some into test and dead on. So I could I could shoot with these. I could put my Sony to five thousand six hundred K. And shoot it, take it in to capture one. I'm like, well, I don't need to do anything to this, you know, from wow. a color standpoint. Now, if I wanted to warm it up and and do things beyond that, great. But as being, as far as being color accurate, dead on. And then uh, put a colorimeter. For those of you who don't know what a colorimeter is, it's like a light meter. If you don't know what a light meter is, look it up. <laughs> it's like a like a light meter that reads the color of the light. And I put a light meter or a colorimeter on it, and man the color specs were just off the chart in really? terms of accuracy. Yeah, we're talking 97 plus CRI, which is color rendering index and 99 plus TLCI is which the television and movie industry uses. So, and a good and the other thing with this is a good price. You know, there's huh. some other good stuff that's out there, but I looked at it and it was like $1500, $2000. I'm bringing stuff in that's like $350 that wow. competes with um this you know one thousand two thousand dollar stuff that's out there. So I've been pretty excited about that. And actually most of the stuff I've shot in the last four months has been shot using LEDs.
1: You know, it, it is interesting. Um I, I I recently just got an LED panel and um I've been just shocked at how mm-hmm. how um, the you know the brightness of it and the accuracy of the color. I didn't take it to the lanes that you, but I, that you have, I know in years past when I played around, there's a big magenta shift on mm. them you know, or, it, or, or when you dial them down and it was just completely opposite. It was the green shift, which, you know, um, is no big deal. It, it, those things could be corrected in, in post pretty quickly as long as that was the only light source. Right. So if you mixed right. it with a strobe, right, you were pretty much screwed. So um, but I, I just did a headshot and I used, uh, I used the LED panel as my kicker, which mm-hmm. I loved because I could see it. Right. That was the amazing part with it is that, you know, with kickers, you know, um, or hair light, it's always like a, you know, kind of a crapshoot until you get it right. <laughs> but with the LED lights, it's like, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. So using it for that, I was, it was, it was really neat. Um, and, and I, I enjoyed that and. You're right, I, I am seeing a lot of stuff with these LED lights, so I, I, I am curious if um, you know, there becomes a real shift in, in what people use. I still think you know, for headshots and, and studio stuff, it, it'll be amazing, but that's pretty much as far as it's going to go, right? I uh, yeah, I think
2: so, because the other issue you have with LED still is, because um, it's a continuous light source, even though they're more powerful now, it's still not going to be able to compete with the flash. Right. You know, because the flash takes that power, boom, you know, and pops it out in a quick pop, whereas an LED has got to use it to continuously power the LEDs. Right. So you put a flash up against an LED, the flash is going to win all the time in sure. terms of total power. But they've come along far enough now that there's good power there, um, and there's a confluence now with camera technology where you can shoot higher ISOs very cleanly, and that's where I think um, I got excited Because I could shoot my Sony gear at ISO 800 with the LEDs, and it looks great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just no noise whatsoever. It's like, okay,
1: now... We're cooking with gas. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Can I I shoot action with it or movement? No, because I can't get the shutter speed high enough. But for headshots in studio, newborns, kids, families... Sure. Why right, not? Right. It's when you start to go outside, I'm like, okay, now I don't have enough power to compete with the ambient light. I have to use a flash.
0: Right.
1: Cool. All right. So we got the something new, something new that's coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, uh, we'll put a lot of links to this stuff in in the show notes to a lot of the gear that we talked about uh again i just i, I, I don't want to do huge plugs here but michael is a good guy <laughs> he's one of our good guys in our community he's worth looking at um for his equipment i know that you also do some teaching is there stuff that you have coming up we're here in uh in covington kentucky at the pro, F- pro photo pro expo yes uh, this week uh, what anything on the horizon where we can come see you speak uh, uh, depends how quickly you
2: publish this I'm going to be back in Ohio wasn't it, was it, didn't Chrissy so- have a song like that back in Ohio yeah okay. back in o- yeah there's yeah. definitely a Chrissy yeah. Hines song with that lyric yeah, okay. in it. Yeah. well I don't think I'm going to be in a shopping mall but anyway <laughs> um, I'm going to be in Columbus uh, in a couple of weeks and then I'm going to be at the AIM conference which is the Animal Image Makers conference in the Twin Cities and April sometime okay, and doing a workshop out in Massachusetts, uh, end of May, first part of June. That's all the stuff I can
1: think of right now. I know there's other stuff, but I, (laughs) well, and, and, and and for those of you who are looking for more in person, uh, personal, he's also on the group for one-on-one coaching. Uh, so you can pretty much get that within 48 hours. If you want to talk to Michael about lighting or, or whatnot, he definitely would be the guy to go to for setting up your studio the gear that you need um, and uh, definitely on the business side as well, setting up your business and and whatnot. So Michael, thank you again for spending time with me and being on something new every week. I hope you guys enjoyed this and uh, thank you, Michael. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Right on.
0: Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. We will see you back here next week.